The film Legend enchanted me as a child. The feelings it evoked can be recalled with such clarity, unaffected by time. The children near me in my youth loved dolls, cars, and toys. I loved darkness and dark lily. Somehow I knew that the other images of hell in the film were beautifully false. It was the horned one and the sister to the fates, Lily, that held my attention. It called to something ancient in me. I began drawing the things that I remembered at only six years of age. Women with striking eyes and no hair, they whispered to me in my dreams. One named Duma stayed with me until my late twenties. When my family was ripped apart by poverty and abusive men, my siblings and I, five of us, found ourselves in foster homes. Those homes were brutal. We were abused, trafficked, and silenced for years by powerful people. Churches were havens for pedophiles and cultists. Government officials led those cults. An elementary school principal was an incestuous pedophile. A singing gospel family harbored pedophiles. Adults accused orphans, flying at every plea for help. No one listened. I, the eldest, fought my way through those years, as did one other sister. The others were too young, and when we were all separated, the horrors intensified. I couldn't save them. I tried. During the foster home's years, my art turned dark. I began drawing females conjoined at the head, their necks growing into the ground as roots, one expressionless, the other in pain. Eyes would float away from faces, people with their mouths sewn shut. It was all an expression of my experience. Where words failed me, I found my voice in art. That would be my first awareness of my art and depression that would soon be weaponized by uncaring, malicious, authoritative figures. Instead of helping me, I was institutionalized on several occasions by my keepers. The first hospital was the first time I witnessed a suicide. A 12-year-old girl who was also a foster child in the area. I was asleep on the floor and rolled over into a felt like cold syrup on the cold tile floor. I looked up and saw the girl half hanging off her bunk, half attached to the shoestrings that were tied to the metal cage that covered the light. She cut her own throat and hung herself. No one listened to her either. I couldn't cry. I was angry. I yelled at the nurses, you killed her, you all killed her, you made her hate herself. That outburst earned me a trip to the room with a bubble window door, where I was given forced injections and I stayed there in my panties and t-shirt for 
tape, drooling and urinating on myself, face in my own vomit, room spinning, cold, alone. When a new doctor interviewed me during the second week at all time when I refused to eat, she asked, You told your school counselor that you thought about suicide. Can you tell me about that? I looked her in the eye and said, Everyone thinks about death. I have to protect my brothers and sisters. I'd never kill myself while they're still alive. I'm the only one that loves them. She stared at me in silence for what seemed like an eternity, searching my face as if she was actually concerned. Tell me about it, she said in another voice. So I did. I was released the following day, but was sent 200 miles away from my siblings to a group home. Years later, that hospital was under investigation for the mysterious deaths of minors in their care. One in particular was a young girl who had been forced medications, severely neglected, abused, and mistreated. The girl asked for help several times, but was ignored and left dead in her own vomit for hours. She was one of 115 patients that died under mysterious circumstances at that hospital. Kids? I cringe every time I think about that place. That was the first of many experiences in various institutions, either because someone was trying to silence me or prevent me from running away. The real hell is here on earth. The real devils and monsters are men on earth. Yet so many people delude themselves into believing that monsters are like what they see in cinema, that witches eat babies, and that the fear of God is the only thing that will save them. Fear drives the herd. I've never been a part of that herd, and I've paid dearly for it. By age 14, I'd released three of my siblings from bondage, and we all struggled to recover from those years of abuse. I turned inward and sought spiritual healing. At age 15, my course upon the path began. I met a sister of the path who was practicing and introduced me to tarot. I still had my first tarot deck from that year. My mother gifted me with many obscure books and shared her experiences with me. Several books seemed to come to me in what was pure synchronicity. Though I didn't fully understand everything I was reading and exploring for many years, it was in my mind, in my memory, and the beginnings of Gnosis were close at hand. I hid my knowledge and practice from most people because I didn't trust I'd always been judged and punished for what others considered taboo or unusual. Those whom I did trust would eventually ridicule me and ostracize me for following my path. So I withdrew further away from everyone and went deep into my secret world of being a sister to the other. 
traversing the hinterland and liminal spaces beyond, never believing that anyone would be interested or believe the depths of my sacred practice. I've been lost a few times in my life, but I always found my way back home. 27 years of walking this path. 24 years of hiding this path. And three years of emerging with what I've learned, where I've been, and totally unaffected by all the people and things that kept my silence in check. I've tried to be many things in this world, but I can only truly be what I am. I was born of fire and into fire. I developed a higher sense because I had to learn to read, discern, and become hyper-aware of dangerous people at a very young age. I loved my body when the trauma was too much, which was my gateway into the astral. I learned lucid dreaming through hunger and the subsequent attempts to find and manifest food from my dreams as a child. Intuition and channeling were my vehicles to truth and guided me to inner places, safe places. I developed extrasensory abilities very early on and went home and refined all of it until this very day. Trauma is awakening. My experiences taught me to see beyond. I can walk the shadows because I know it so well and I learned to master my fear. Traumas often held me hostage and threatened to break me, but it didn't destroy me. Mankind can try, but they won't take my spirit, no matter how many times they've nearly succeeded. I allow no one to define me, nor do I seek approval or permission to be who I am. Today I choose to be a survivor. I will never again be the victim. For my loved ones, for every awakened woman that steps into her power, and every woman that will rise because of it. For millions of women before me, my ancestors, my sisters, who suffered and died at the hands of monstrous men, those sisters live in me. I am that woman in hell, undeterred by the power of men, striking the bonds of oppression. I walk the path of the witch, on fire, constantly transmuting and transforming. I am sister to the fate.